Hey, good morning, Faith family, um, or afternoon or evening, whichever it is that you're joining us today. Um, the Holy Spirit encouraged me last Friday to make it a priority to check on the mental state of my small group members and my closest friends. And um, he'd actually given me a completely different message a couple of weeks ago to share today, but things change. Um, God does not change, but people do and situations do. And the messages that we need to hear from God change upon those things. Um, and I want to warn you that this is not going to be a feel-good message, but it is one that I believe and pray will truly help someone. And even if it just helps one person, um, I believe that I've accomplished what God has called me to do by sharing it. I want to start by being very transparent and saying that I struggled with depression for the majority of my life. Even when I was a child, I was always surrounded by so much love and friendship, but I still always felt very alone and isolated. Um, and last week, I noticed myself in a pretty depressive state, and I wasn't able to clearly hear from God. And um, this hadn't happened to me for years um, since I've been saved. And one night, I finally just cried out and asked, why is this happening? And I knew it was an, an, an attack. And while praying and meditating on his word, he impressed upon me the feeling of heartbreak that he has for all of his children who are suffering with depression right now, and especially for those who are suffering but do not know him and don't have him to lean on. He showed me that he allowed this to happen to me so I would be equipped to properly engage in spiritual warfare for those people. And I spent hours just sobbing with Jesus and praying for those people. You see, the thing about depression is that it's a very common mental illness that most of us have dealt with or are dealing with. Even if you don't know it, and yes, even if you're a Christian, depression does not discriminate. It's one, of, it's one thing the enemy uses often to attack us, and it's often a generational curse. And in order to break this curse, we must address it. And I say this even though. And I say this because even though it is a um, very common illness, it's still not talked about often and is almost considered taboo sometimes to talk about. But suicide takes around 800,000 lives every year. That's one person every 40 seconds. Depression affects a quarter of Americans ages 18 plus every year. Depression is the leading cause of disability worldwide. And suicide is the second leading cause of death in ages 15 through 24 worldwide. And if you think none of those people knew Jesus, you're sorely misinformed. But there's also a number of those people who took their lives who didn't know Jesus and who weren't able to feel the comfort of him and who made a permanent decision and are now living in eternity in hell because they weren't reached. We actually see depression in the Bible, and it may not be easy for someone who has never experienced or someone who doesn't completely understand depression to see. But for those of us who have been there, we read certain stories and, you know, we felt the depression of David through some of the Psalms. The prophet Jeremiah questioned why he was born. In Jeremiah chapter 20, verses 14 and 18, it says, Cursed be the day in which I was born. Let the day not be blessed in which my mother bore me. Why did I come forth from the womb to see labor and sorrow, that my days should be consumed with shame? Job was very despondent and depressed after he lost everything and everyone he cared about. And he became so depressed that he said he wished he'd never been born. In Job chapter 3, starting in verse 3, it says, May the day perish on which I was born. 
and the night in which it was said, a male child is conceived. May the day be darkness, may God above not seek it, nor the light shine upon it. May a darkness and the shadow of death claim it, may a cloud settle on it. May the blackness of day terrify it. Elijah was so depressed when Jezebel sought to kill him that he begged God to take his life. In 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 4, it says, But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he prayed that he might die and said, It is enough. Now, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. Listen, it's important for you to know that these great men of God experienced depression. But it's even more important that we know God was faithful to see them through it, and he provided hope, peace, joy, and strength, and that he is faithful to do the same for us. This is a subject we need to address in the church so that people don't feel like they're alone, so they're not too ashamed to share what they're going through, which will lead them to suppress it and hide it, which is even more dangerous because then the storm is going on on the inside and they're not sharing it because we make them feel and we make them think that they shouldn't be feeling this way because our inner man is supposed to change when we meet Jesus, which it is, but there are still soul wounds that need healing. I've had people tell me, you know, I'm struggling with depression, but I know I shouldn't feel this way. As if this is a feeling they should be ashamed of or a feeling at all. It's not a feeling. It's not an emotion. It's an illness that can only be healed by the great physician that is Jesus Christ. The Lord does not want depression to have a place in your life. It breaks his heart and he does provide a way out. So first of all, this is a call for all of us to be transparent in our own struggles so we can let others know, I understand, I've been through something similar. Um, actually, I learned in a different, uh, in different psychology classes to never say that you've been through the same thing. Because even if it's a very, very similar situation, the experiences and the way it affects us all individually are so very different. Um, so this is a time for us to say, you know, if I've experienced something very similar, but let me tell you how I was pulled out of it. Let me tell you about the person of Jesus who pulled me out of my depression. Let me tell you about how he supernaturally provided me with joy, peace, and strength so that you know, so that you can know there is hope and all that it takes from you is honesty and surrender. So I want to wrap this up with a few pieces of scripture to hold as keys or as something to stand on when the waves start crashing in. The first is Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 through 9. It says, summing it all up, friends, I'll, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. Put into perspective what you learned from me, what you heard and saw and realized. Do that, and God, who makes everything work together, will work you into his most excellent harmonies. When the waves start crashing in, the best thing you can do is get into God's word. Meditate on it. Remember who he is and how much he loves you. Your joy does not come from the world or anything it has to offer. It does not come from relationships. It does not come from career. It does not come from status. It does not come from influence or wealth or anything else. Your joy comes from the Lord. Jeremiah 1.5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. In Psalm 139, 13 through 16, for you formed 
my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet formed, and in your book they were all written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. God formed you, and he knows you, and he has had a plan and a purpose for your life before you were ever formed in your mother's womb. Before you were ever even a thought here on earth, your creator had a purpose on your life. That's amazing. That shows us how intricately and intentionally we were created, which shows us a creator who truly and deeply loves his creation. Then I have Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Ecclesiastes chapter four, verses nine through 12, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? They, though one may be overpowered, two can, be, can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Stay connected, guys. I encourage you to stay connected every week and that we're better together. And I do this because we need community. The spirit of depression loves when you're isolated, so don't allow it a foothold in your life. Then I have 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You don't have to carry around any former labels that held you down. Your past does not define you. What you did, who you were, that happened. And some of it may even help lead you to where you are now and helped build you, but you don't have to bear that shame or that label anymore. The enemy wants you to carry these labels of brokenness, shame, despair. But when you surrender your life to Jesus, those labels are replaced and you are renamed, you are restored, renewed, delivered, sanctified. You are a child of God. Then there's Psalm 61 too. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. David knew where his joy came from. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Allow Jesus to break the yoke of your bondage, to break the yoke of your depression or of your past, and become yoked to him. Go to him, surrender to him, and allow him to carry it for you. I can promise you that there is nothing too heavy for him. Finally, I have Isaiah 25, verse 8. He will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all the phases. He will remove his people's disgrace from the earth. The Lord has spoken. I told you all a few weeks ago that what the Lord speaks is a promise because he is God and he does not change. So declare his promises over your life and declare life over your depression. If you are suffering from depression, please reach out to someone, anyone. It doesn't matter who it is. Just speak to someone. Let them know what you're going through. Make sure they it is someone who is going to speak life into the situation and not death. But allow them to minister to you. Allow Jesus to minister to you through them. 
Get into his word. Remember who he is. Remember who you are in him. And I pray that you stay connected to him and to other believers. I love you guys. We're better together.